Is hot girl summer still happening this year? How many carbs are in a white claw? If I squat every day, will I get a dump truck? I'm Shay. I'm Leah. We are Two Tone Training. Training. You're listening to Don't Tone Alone. One. Action. And go. We're live. <laughs> what up, Frankie? Frankie V in the house. What up, what up, what up? We are doing well. Thank you so much for joining us on this uh, Thursday night for us. I'm confused on the days. We just got back from Vegas. I'm like, what day is it? What time is it? All out of whack. I feel like this has been the longest day of my life. (laughs) (laughs) The day that never ends. Oh my God. But talk about a grand finale with this podcast. Yes. Um, Frankie, how are you? How's your day going? Mine's good. What, What were you guys doing in Vegas? So it was mostly just play like people are like business yeah. or pleasure I would say I would say pretty much all pleasure we just we decided it was a it was a crazy summer as I'm sure you can relate and we were like we need a yeah. trip we need to just get away rest reset so we were there just Sunday to Wednesday we hung out by the pool I don't think people use rest in Vegas in the same no. often like yeah he's see, like he's over here like what yeah I'm, he's like I'm confused about that but no we we hung by the pool we got some workouts in we ate some phenomenal food so it was it was was awesome i'm guessing you've Impressive. been to vegas I, a few times yeah i love it but i can't do three days like it's normally 48 hours a night. so the fact you guys are there from sunday <laughs> to wednesday is actually impressive well we well did done. i don't think we stayed up past like 11 p.m any of the days so. no. <laughs> yeah uh, so i guess the, we didn't the, do the, vegas, the grandma trip to vegas <laughs> <laughs> we'll give out all the it. tips yeah but actually so our our for those of you tuning in our mother connected us to frankie oh my god karen would be so upset if we didn't yeah. actually give her if the we credit, didn't give her the she, credit she's been talking about this podcast forever she's actually really upset that we wouldn't let her come to the studio we're like no you're gonna be annoying <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah funny. so so karen made the intro and we, we were pumped about it we're like get him on get him on the pod um, so Frankie, you are originally from the Boston area and moved to yeah. Cali. Is that was that your move right away from Cali um, like 15 years ago? Is what you said? Yes, I moved out here 15 years ago. So I grew up in Framingham, which is you know Framingham west of represent. Oh yeah, hell yeah. So I, I, I went to high school in Framingham. I went to college in Central New York at a school called Hamilton College. Okay. And then from there, that's kind of where I, I fell in love with the radio. I played football there and I did college radio, and I kind of fell in love with media by going to school there and doing college radio. And afterwards, I really couldn't get a break in radio. It was tough to do. And I ended up getting a job doing like advertising in radio in Boston first station there for a year. And then from there, I went to Portland, Maine, to Hartford, Connecticut, and then out to California. So it was a few like side steps before oh. I got out here 15 years ago. Dang. Here okay. We are now though. So did you, so did you go to school for like media? Like what did you go to college for? I studied rhetoric and communications, but it was a liberal arts college, Hamilton College. So that basically taught me about Socrates and Plato and like the uh, actual way you communicate, which was not one bit of what I really wanted to learn. But I knew that I wanted to do like sports or music or something in the media field when I was in high school. And I figured I could play football there, get a good education. And if they had a radio station, I could figure out my ways through it. So I don't say I can't say I actually learned radio in college. Yeah. But I did radio while getting a good education to kind of mix it together yeah and what what was it that made you realize you wanted to go into into radio like did you was there like a station you always listened to like how, how'd you fall in love with it well a couple of things I, I fell in love with sports radio growing up because I love sports of course going in the Boston area you know that that's oh, like yeah. wait so what's your team like what's like the what uh, one sport that you're like so excited to watch or do you watch all I, I stay I always stay with the Boston sports teams even though I've been away for a while but it's New England Patriots I mean even without Tom Brady there, I'm still there like, the other day, people were like, are you, are you rooting for the Bucks or, or, or the Patriots? And I said, the Patriots. And they asked why I go, because I root for the team, not for the player. And I always have the Patriots in my heart. Loyal. So I stick with them. Love that. For sure. So I, so I wanted to do sports radio originally. And then I went to college and I did a color commentary for college basketball and I had a sports show, but then I started doing like some music radio shows there. And true story. I still remember I went to uh, the campus pub or like the bar right off the street from college and the college station was tiny i mean i think there's 10 people that listened but one of those 10 people happened to be at the bar that day and somehow realized that i was the one that had just done a, like a hip-hop top 40 show and they bought me a drink like bro your show is awesome here's a drink on us so i was kind of like man if i can like do this for a living and get free alcohol you know, i'm like 19 <laughs> I'm in. 20 with a fake id i'm like i'm in so that kind of was like my turning point of like all right maybe i can do this and people are actually telling me they like it and then i think my overall push to want to do it was people said you i couldn't do it you know you, you can't mm-hmm. make any money off it it's an impossible industry to get into. 
you're gonna have to travel to all these podunk cities for your whole career and it's gonna be a waste of time. And when somebody said I couldn't do it, that kind of motivated yeah. me to say, no, I can do it. So I think it was like a threefold. One I wanted to do in high school more on the sports side, then in college I realized I, I'm decent at it. And then it was finally just that push of people saying, you can't do it, just get a regular job. You yeah. know, all your friends are going in the bank and they're doing this, why do you, why do you want to do this? It's not worth it. So it, it that push kind of made me finalize knowing that I wanted to make it in this business. That's amazing. And I feel like radio is such like a specific, like kind of like talent. Do you feel like it's something you either have or you don't, or like it's something that comes naturally, or is it something do you feel like you've had to really work at to kind of perfect? I think it's a combination of both. I think it, it is definitely uh, a talent you have, but I think it is one that you can work on. Like mm-hmm. when I started, I got nervous to turn the mic on. And for some reason, my brain wasn't thinking witty. Like, you know, I, I could be funny and witty in the conversation, but the second that mic would go on, it was like, the added pressure. Say? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, through doing it and through coaching, which I've done a lot of coaching through my career, I kind of learned how to transpire thoughts in my head to get to my mouth and then through that microphone like quickly and precisely and make it work. Are there any like exercises you do? Like how, how does I know, one, I like... even think about like podcasting and I think we've come a long way, but I mean, there's only so much more. Uh, like yeah. and I listen back to old podcasts and I still do it mm-hmm. like the, uh, the tick words and like the ums. I'm like, Oh God. Yeah. For sure. And, and I still have those in, in radio. They call them uh, crutch phrases or crutch words. And on my morning show in San Diego, you know, we'll listen back sometimes like, dang it. I said that again. Or like certain ways that I <laughs> wait. So stuff. what is it? Going... What's the crutch word? You know, I, I, it's just stupid stuff. And they sometimes just say like coming up or I'll say in five minutes, like, you know, just saying things that obviously are natural, but, and it's okay to say, but when I say it every time, like you listen back to yourself and say, yeah, there's yeah. a better way of saying coming next or in five minutes or here you go. So yeah. just little things. But what I, what I, my biggest issue was when I started was learning how to talk one-on-one because mm-hmm. you're talking into a microphone, right? And you forget in, in your head, you're thinking that like, oh, it's everybody's listening. I have to talk to all these people, but you forget it's just, one person in their car listening is what you have to focus on. Mm. So what I actually did, and it's a true story, I took a picture of Mariah Carey and I taped it up on the wall in front of me, when I, which is like where the microphone would be here and there would be up there. And I would talk to that picture as if I was talking to her. So it helped me in my mind think that I'm talking to one person instead of talking to a microphone and talking to all these people. Wait, and so why, so why Mariah Carey? Is she like the big celeb crush? <laughs> no, but I think it was just like at the time, like there's a magazine sitting there. And I okay. by like the one page of the time, just like the cover of whatever magazine it was at the time. I just ripped it up and put it up there. But it, it kind of helped me. To, it kind of for, forced me to like look at her and be like, all right, let's talk one on one right here and make it happen. That, so yeah. I learned little tricks along the way to do that. That's a really cool way to think about it. I like that. I like that a lot. For sure. So, okay. So you go, so you're in Boston. Then what made you go yep. to Portland? Portland, Maine. So, I was doing radio sales at Sports Radio WEI in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, at the time, the director of sales was a graduate of Hamilton College as well. And he kind of gave me the, uh, you know, alumni hookup and, and interviewed me and hired me in that position. And my goal always was to be full-time in radio on air, not on the sales side, but I didn't show my cards and I would work so hard in sales and pretend like that's what I wanted to do. And I did pretty well young at that, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. And I ended up getting part-time at a station in New Bedford, Mass called Fun 107. And while I was there, I was kind of perfecting my skills enough to hopefully get a full-time job. And I was sending my tape out to everybody that would listen to it. And nobody was replying to me. Nobody wanted to hear it. And then finally, um, Q97.9, a station in Portland, Maine, uh, called me up and offered me an interview to go over, to go to Maine and, and drive up there and interview. And I did it. And in the back of my head, I'm like, I don't know if I really want to move to Maine. Like this right. is, you know, in my mind from Boston to Maine, yeah. I got there. I fell in love with it the second that I did the interview, the boss, Tim, who, is now big with iHeartMedia, was amazing to me. And they offered me the position. And it was kind of twofold. One was nobody else has offered me a position. So let's take the one that I'm getting. (laughs) But deep down inside, I had that like gut feeling that like Maine was where I needed to be. And I fell in love with Portland the second I drove there. And I was there for about a year before I made my, my next move. Portland. So cool. All right. We, we grew up, we grew up going to Maine. So funny. We have cousins there and um i don't think we really went to spent much time in portland until a few until years recently, ago yeah. and they have like the coolest bars some really cool breweries you know it's frustrating to me i went back to maine actually when i went back to boston uh this past july and when you're starting in media like your eyes are like right now i'm on in la and i'm on in san diego and i'm still on in boston from here and all these like major cities in seattle and all this and that's what you dream of right you're like media i gotta go to these big cities and right. make it so big yeah so when i was living in portland maine i was always thinking next instead of enjoying now yeah. And when I went back to Maine for the first time in many years, uh, a couple of months ago, I was like, dang it, why don't I just like breathe and like say, appreciate I'm in such it. a cool city right now and appreciate it because you know, what's going to happen is going to happen in my career, like stay focused, but enjoy the now. And I think that goes for a lot of things in life. But when oh I God. went back to Maine, I was with my girlfriend. I'm like, man, this city is such an amazing city. 
And I felt like when I was there, all I could think about was how to get to, yeah. to LA or San Diego to Boston, like all this stuff. So looking back on it, I, the experience was amazing. I wish if I could like rewind 15 years, 18 years yeah. in time. And I knew that I'd get to where I got to, I would have just like stopped and appreciated yeah. it a little bit more at the time. I feel like we, yeah, that goes for so many things in life. And I was actually mm-hmm. a, a college athlete too. And I feel like, again, you can relate to this too. They always say like, oh, you're going to miss this. Like when, when you yeah. graduate like, yeah, and when yeah, it's yeah, over, yeah. like, yeah, like this practice is horrible. These suicides for that we're sure. doing are, are terrible, but you do miss it. Like I, I miss it so much. So it can go mm-hmm. for a lot of things. 100%. Uh, Oh my God. But as you move, that's a big jump though, from a Portland and then moving to California, like what prompted the move? And that's, that's a pretty scary move. It is a real scary move. So I went to Hartford, Connecticut for a year after Portland, Maine. And that was an easier move because obviously I was living in Manchester, Connecticut at the time, which is door to door, maybe an hour to my, my mom and dad's house at the time. So it was so easy ride. And that was the next step forward. That was market, I think 50 at the time. I think Maine was in the hundreds and, you know, radio is in different market sizes and your goal is to get to a top 20 or a top 10 market. And Hartford was the next step forward. And it was great. I, I had a blast there. Um, and uh, the staff, the boss had hired me, the assistant boss, I was there. they had all moved on during that year to Philadelphia and some bigger cities. And once I saw them kind of moving on, I remember saying to one of my bosses and the new boss that came in, I'm like, how come I'm not going to these major cities? What's going right. on? And they said, well, have you applied? I'm like, no, they should call me. Like, why aren't they calling me? And <laughs> why don't they see me? Cities? Yeah, why aren't they? I'm here. And the boss was like, put together a package and, and make yourself get seen and send it out and see what happens. You know, if you think you're ready for that next move. And I applied to Washington, DC, Atlanta and San Diego at the time. And I think in Washington, I was like a top five candidate for the job. Atlanta, probably about the same. And then San Diego uh, reached out to me and offered me uh, an, an audition and they flew me out to San Diego. I had never been to the West coast, but one day in my life, I drove cross country when I was 21 and we did one day in San Diego and it was cool. And I was like, that'd be fun to live on the West coast someday, but it was, a hindsight thing where I'm like, that would be cool versus this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm, right. I flew out here to San Diego in 2006 and they put me up in a gorgeous hotel that overlooked the baseball park, Peco Park. And um, they took me to the nicest restaurants. They're kind of like showing me the city from like this level. And I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, like this is like this is Hartford, Connecticut to San Diego. Oh, yeah. And I loved it. And they ended up putting me on like a two or three night audition. And the boss of the town was a, a good genius in a way. And he kind of spun it to me that he didn't think I did well enough. And What's my mindset if I don't get this job? And if I go back to Hartford without this job, what are my thoughts? Trying to play like that, mess with the emotions and the way to see how I would react. And, you know, I kind of told them that after seeing what San Diego is like and what it's like to be in one of these big cities, like now I know where my focus really is and I'm going to go back and I'm going to do so well and blah, blah, blah. Wednesday I got on the plane that day, he called me up and he said, hey, before I jump on that plane, I want to give you an offer to move to San Diego. And my heart just dropped for two reasons. One was like, holy crap, I got the job. And the other thing is like, holy crap, I'm moving 3,000 miles away from my yeah, family. Yeah, that's a huge move. It was huge. I moved back, flew back to, to Boston or to Hartford at the time, told my parents. And they were, were they all devastated? bored. I, I saw, yeah, a little bit, but also excited, right? Because mom, is, I'm a mama's boy and I'll admit it. And, and yeah. she was like, bummed that I'm going so far away. But so excited that like the career that I dreamed about was starting to come together pretty quickly, you know, within three years of graduating college. And I was excited, but the, the, the crazy part was, is when I signed my first deal here, it was a one-year contract. I'm like, perfect. I'll do one year in California. They're going to pay to move me out there. And, you know, I'm going to have enough money to live. It's going to be a one-year vacation. I'll do radio and then I'll come back to a big job in Boston. And 15 years later, you know, I'm still here. So it, it was crazy how I didn't think I'd like the West Coast. It was just going to be an experience. And 15 years later, um, I mean, it, it's like I have two homes now. Because when I go back to Boston, it's always home, but. San Diego is my adult life and it's, it's been pretty cool. Yeah. I feel like you start to put down roots and I forget you said you have a girlfriend now. Is that, did you guys meet in California or? Um... Yeah, for sure. We met in California, which it, which is cool. And that's the other adjustment that there was. Cause you know, East coast people are not the same as West coast people. So like when I was on the East coast, you know, I, I felt like I had the, 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 the style and the, the yeah. vibe of what you need when you want to meet a girl, they're going a date and do all this and <laughs> meet friends. And then I moved up to the West coast. I'm yeah. like, this stuff don't work. Like... Guys are different. No, yeah. I, I had to change who I was in a way. <laughs> and I was like almost trying so hard to do that because I'm like, why can't I, you know, get a date? Yeah. Why, why can't I meet some true friends? And I got kind of like frustrated. I'm like, man, when I was in Boston and I'm playing sports and I'm doing radio there and all this, like, you know, this is me. And then I came out here and it was so difficult. And that first year, I'm like, screw this. I'm going back to Boston. Like, that's yeah. where my life is going to be. That's where my home is. That's where the girls yeah. are. And, you know, you adjust as a person. And, Yes, I ended up figuring it out, and that's how I met my girlfriend. Was too. <laughs> well, okay, wait. Now, now we need to know. I think our listeners are now their interest is peaked. Yeah. They're like, what? What are the tips for the guys moving yeah. out to the West Coast? So, yeah. Like, so, like, explain the difference between the guys in the yeah. East Coast and then on the okay. West Coast. Like, what well, was I, I not think, working? Well, the toughest thing is like girls. 
I, I feel like at first, like girls in Boston are very blunt, right? You know, it's like, you, you just know what you're getting. Yeah. It's like, there's no like, and it's, it's like, you know, both in dating and, and in friends, even guys too. But like, I feel like the West Coast at first in my mind was kind of wishy-washy. You know, also when you're working in radio and you have connections and it's like, you, you yeah. got to figure out the trust in like who, who's real and who's fake. But I feel like in Boston, if you don't like me, you'll tell me that. Like yeah. right to my face, like, screw you. We're not cool. Like, or whatever happened, you get an argument, you never talk again or you move yeah. forward or you fix that argument and then you become best friends. California at first, it wasn't like that. Like they, people Surfacy. would actually, I'll get my best friends. Yeah, yeah. All, all super cool like this. But then, you know, either they talk behind your back or you just yeah. be like, oh, they're just like that to everybody. So it's almost like a fake type of mm-hmm. relationship you were building yeah uh both with guys and girls but then i started to realize like i said you know now i have a huge group of friends out here like the most friends i could ever think of in one city it's so cool but it was like it's 15 years of cutting people out and bringing people closer and it was the same with girls you know like it was you couldn't tell where you stood as much like i feel like when i would date on the east coast like <laughs> you knew after like one or two dates like this is a you know something nope, be- i'm all set yeah uh, or not yeah, in, in the West Coast, it's like, you know, it's so where this is going, what's going on. I have that like wavering feeling. So I think that difference is, and it's not good or bad, I guess, you know, in, in the East Coast, in Boston, it was very cutthroat. It's like, to the point, where we're at. to the point West Coast isn't. Um, that being said, the mixture of both is almost good because like, mm. you know, I think sometimes, and I'll come across, they'll say, man, you're so East Coast sometimes, but I'm just so used to being like saying how it is. Yeah. Uh, but it's kind of taught me to calm down as a person out here and be like, all right, it's okay to maybe not be best friends with somebody, but yeah. still be, be cool. cool. Yeah, you know, yeah. or like, He's like, so honestly, the perfect blend, the you, perfect yeah, recipe, you are bada the bing, bada boom, uh, Frankie. East coast, <laughs> West coast it. mix, Frankie. And it's a good mix. And you know, it's funny. My first time I started working in LA, I do part-time up there at uh, kiss FM. It was, I went out to a bar and I still remember like in the Boston area, when I meet somebody, they say, where are you from? What part of town are you from? Like, that's always like the thing. Like if you go out in Southie, you go out in the North yeah. end, you go out in Premium. It's like, Oh, which part of town are you from? You know, and it's always that when I was in LA, the first question was when I was talking to this girl, she was like, so what do you do for a living? Like the perspective is so different. Like, I feel like yeah. in Boston, it's such like that niche of like, everybody's yeah. from here. And you kind of judge people based on that. I'm like, Framingham, oh, you're from Framingham, but you're not from Sudbury. You know, there's like, yeah. you get some of that. Where here it's like, oh, you, you do this for a living, but you don't do that. So it's kind of funny in an adjustment too, to see that people back home judge you by where you're, you're from. And here it's more like judged by what you what do. You know. That is so. That's so true. Like even now, like people are like, "Oh, you live in Chestnut Hill." Oh, exactly. And I'm like, um, like, "Oh, yeah, I do." But like, we're not like that. Like, I'm from Framingham. Like, yeah, it's so funny. Um. Yeah. No, that is that is so funny. So tell us a little, because I know we have a lot of Boston-based listeners. So tell us about your experience with Kiss FM. Like, what was that like? In in LA or in in Boston? In Boston. In Boston. So Kiss went away. I still get to do uh, part-time stuff on there from. That's so San sick. Diego. And, and, and my brother is actually the afternoon host and the assistant program director and music director there. But it's so funny how you guys me, both like ended up kind of in the same. Yeah. Walls. Yeah. He followed my footsteps, which is like so dear to me. The you, fact you paved that the you way. Know, I did. He was the in the old, studio and watched me do what I And it was so cool that he did it. But so with, with Kiss Went Away, I remember when I was working in sales in Boston. And again, I thought I was good, even though I was on like a fake demo tape and in this small little city. New Bedford, Mass. And I thought like, oh no, my tapes are good. Like Kiss Away to Boston is going to definitely want to listen to my, my demo tape. And I would send it and they would never hit me back. And I never heard from them. And I got so frustrated. And that's when I had moved to Maine. And about six months into Maine, at the time, the uh, assistant program director of Kiss Went Away reached out to my boss in Maine. and said, hey, can we talk to Frankie? We might have a possible part-time opening. And this was back in 2003, 2004. And they offered me Club Kiss, which was um, Saturday night broadcast live from different clubs in Boston. And a Sunday shift. So I would work in Maine uh, Monday through Friday, Saturday morning. I would pack up my stuff and I'd drive to Boston, drive my stuff up at my parents' house, and I'd go host a club live on Kiss One Away from 10 p.m. till 3 a.m. Sleep yeah. back at my parents' house, do a Sunday shift, and then drive back to Maine. But it was amazing because it was in my mind, like a year and a half earlier, I was paying to go to these clubs and like yeah. I was waiting in those lines to get in these clubs. And it's like, you know, Lansdowne Street and and stuff in downtown Boston that, you know, in, in the alley and all that. And these are just these bars and clubs that like I, I would hope that I could get into or like, you know, yeah, wait till yeah. the line and have to pay. And then all of a sudden I'm cutting the line. I got a microphone <laughs> in my hand and I'm live on the radio from these clubs and I'm in my early twenties. So it was the coolest thing ever to be on the radio in Boston part-time. Yeah. I'll be at hosting clubs on the radio in Boston. Like that was my hometown. That was, it was just like, that That's, was amazing. And then yeah. 
That's well, so cool. And I, and I mean, it shows that you like definitely like you had to put in that hustle to get there. It's not like none I of this do. was handed to you and you really put yourself nope. out yeah. there and those hours and the traveling sure. back and forth. So, I mean, yeah, like you said, nothing is handed to you and you have to yeah. work hard to get in yeah. front of these opportunities. And once you get the taste of those opportunities, though, it's so exciting. And it kind of motivated me because I was part-time there. And I was like, someday I want to be full-time in Boston because amazing that I'm talking to my hometown. And it was so cool, but I, I had so much fun. And in the meantime, since 2003 to 2021, 18 years, I've been on part-time at Kiss 108 from different studios through the country, you know, at, at different times. So I'm still on maybe once or twice on the week, uh, a month on the weekend from the San Diego studios, studios, which is cool. So it's like, for me personally, like I, Got on the radio in Boston, you know, in my early 20s. And now, like, 18 years later, I'm still doing it. So it's pretty cool. Boston represent. Yeah. Well, wait. What were, I got to know. What were some of the clubs that you went into that you were hosting from? At the time, Avalon, which I don't think is there anymore. It was on Lansdowne Street, yeah. um, which I don't know what that turned into. Um, in the alley, there was a few different ones that I know are no longer there. Mm-hmm. Um, Roxy, I don't think it's there. I'm pretty sure that most of the ones at the time have, have changed names yeah. to what they were. Then one was in. Quincy on the water was it Waterworks and Quincy is something else now okay. as well. Okay. So I mean, years yeah. ago they changed names and hands, but yeah, it's still the same vibe, you know, nightclubs and, and fun times. That's amazing. Um, but talking about like being live, like have you? I mean, have you ever made? That's like intimidating. You talk about like getting the microphone in your hand and being a little bit nervous. Like, are there any big moments or mistakes that kind of um, stand out to you? Stand out big mistakes that I've ever had. Well, <laughs> it was funny when I was on Portland Man and. Um, have you ever seen like the boards that are in studios in, in radio studios and they yeah. got all these buttons and all these different things. And there's a, a machine called the Vox Pro machine, which is like when you call in, it records audio that comes in. And oftentimes if you have the lever up and on, on the board, it also makes a phone call go live, which shouldn't happen, but some studios have done that way. And I remember my first week in Portland, Maine, a girl had called in and was like, you know, being overly friendly on the phone <laughs> and excited that there's a new guy in town. And I had that lever up and the whole conversation went live on the radio of her saying a lot of things that probably shouldn't be heard on the radio. And I still remember seeing my boss run into the studio faces, <laughs> right, right. He's like, you're on the air, you're on the air. And I thought at that point, it was like one week into my radio career and I'm getting fired, but it didn't, but it taught me also to, oh from gosh. that point on, to look at the board every time before I, yeah. I crack a mic or take a phone call. So I've had moments like that. Um, nothing too crazy. I'm pretty self-conscious, I guess, yeah. when I am uh, in front of it and doing it. But it's, um, that, that was my early lesson, first week into the full-time job. Yeah, I mean, I feel like part of those like mistakes, and yeah, they're learning and they're, they're learning, learning curves, and we've had them too, for sure. <laughs> like for sure, teaching classes and things like that. I, I don't know, I definitely have moments that stand out to me. Yeah, yeah, as, as long as you don't get fired doing them, it's a good good learning experience. Exactly, you kind of just got to pick yourself up, move on, and learn from it. True. Um, okay, so we talked about some of your mistakes, but what about some of your like peaks, like high, like career yeah. highlights? And we'll start oh. we'll start off with Boston, and then we'll go over to Cali. So for Boston, the coolest thing I still remember was, um, and they still do Jingle Ball and Kiss concert, the big concerts. And I remember yes. when I was part-time at Kiss 108 again years ago, and I was just such an awe that I was getting a chance to be part-time on Kiss in Boston. It was just like such a dream. And they let me get on stage at Jingle Ball. I think it was at the Song of Serena at the time. And I just remember like, I went from them never listening to my tapes and not giving me a chance to like a year later, I'm full-time in Maine, but I'm part-time in Boston and I get to walk out on the Jingle Ball stage, which as a kid, I heard about the Jingle Ball oh and Kiss God, Concert. That's insane. Now, get to walk out and I walked out on that stage and I remember we did something with Kelly Clarkson, I think at the time, but it was like <laughs> when American Idol had just, yeah. you know, season one and two was so big and I just remember walking out there and just seeing it in that moment of, holy crap, I, I, I did it. Like it was that moment of, yes, yes, I did it. So I think that was like the first moment in my Boston side of my career that I, I realized that, you know, this, this is pretty damn cool. And I'm doing some things that, you know, I dreamed of doing. American Idol was so big back in the day. Like so big. It was huge. Yeah. Oh my God. Like every, I don't even know. Every Monday, Tuesday night, we're all on the couch yep. with our family. Like yes. who's going to win? For sure. Yeah. Oh my God. Our cousin had like the David Archuleta posters yeah. like literally glued <laughs> around her room. I feel like he, he didn't even win. Did he? I don't. I don't think so. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. We're going to have to study up on our American yeah, Idol. Shout out David Archuleta. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, but what about California now? Like some of now that you're in the big leagues in Cali. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are some of the big highlights there? Big highlights. You know, it, I've gotten to do so much in, in San Diego that have been really cool. And a lot of artists driven, you know, getting to interview some of the biggest artists, even before they became big. Like Lady Gaga goes in our production studio performance studio and I got to interview her and it was right as Just Dance was getting started and then she became oh Lady Gaga. Oh my gosh. 
I, um, Justin Bieber was, I think 12 and I did like a water chugging contest with him. And <laughs> Selena Gomez, I interviewed once and it was right before she knew that she was going to date Justin and she had this whole thing with me and the video went viral because she was saying how she thought he was cute. And uh. so I've had artist moments like that, that have been cool. But I think same for the career was when I was in LA and they do uh, Wango Tango, which is their big concert. And it's often held at like the Staples Center or, you know, other big arenas in LA. And when I walked out for the first time on that stage, I was like, holy crap, this is LA. This is Los Angeles, California. And I'm part-time on the radio on the biggest, possibly biggest top 40 station in the world. And I'm walking out in Wango Tango to, you know, Wango Tango, how you doing? Let's bring you out and brought out an artist to like, you know, a sold out, I don't know how many thousands of yeah. fans. And it's like, holy crap, like a kid from Boston, you know, an East Coast kid getting to live this West Coast dream. And I remember that first time walking out on that stage and I've gotten to do it a handful of times since, but it was like a, a cool moment because like, you know, early in the career doing it in Boston and then, you know, a handful of years later doing it in LA. I'm like, this, this is, if, if like my job never goes any further than this, at least I have those memories of, of that. So I think, I think there's been so many great career moments, but those are two things that I totally remember of walking on those stages. Oh my gosh. Was there any, is there anyone that you've been like so starstruck by when you meet them? Like, or like are you kind of over that? Like, do you not get starstruck? I, I, it's funny if I get starstruck over, like, cause yeah. you know, sometimes you would think it's the biggest names and I've had to, I've gotten to do some cool stuff. Like Mariah Carey speaking about her. She had a, a small party at her house where she invited some radio people. And I got to like drink champagne out there and talk with her at her house, which was cool. And same with yeah. Jennifer Lopez. JLo had a, a, a small invite party for her when her album came out. So I've done those things. Wow. But to me, when I do it, it's like, it's cool, right? You tell your friends, oh, look at this picture. I yeah. But for me, the ones, and I always say I blacked out when I met him, but it was Mike Tyson. <laughs> Oh, like yeah. Mike Tyson, I'm a sports fan. And I remember playing Mike Tyson's punch out as a kid. And I got to, he did, he did like this uh, traveling show where he would tell his life, kind of like a podcast form type show. And mm. he was in San Diego and they got me um, passes to meet him afterwards. And I still remember like going up to him and I have a picture like, that was like the moment like, holy crap, this is, this is Mike Tyson. It's like, how crazy is that? I'm talking about. So like, I have those moments with people like him that some people are like, oh, that's cool. But like, yeah. you know, what about Jennifer Lopez? Tell me more about her and Lady Gaga. But it's like those moments, I think, where athletes come through, like him yeah. or even, even like, I mean, some of the artists, like, like I said, it's not so much meeting them now when they're huge, but it's like the moments of meeting them before they got big, like mm -hmm. drinking a water chugging contest with Justin Bieber when his single baby was barely even on the radio and he's 12 years old. And it's like, at the time, he's just this little kid that yeah. comes in and it's like, let's do a water chugging contest. So I think a lot of my, my moments of, of loving and, and things of meeting artists isn't the moment of going to like Jennifer Lopez's house or like doing a major interview like that. It's more so like either when they're at the early parts of their career or I, I geek out on some of the athletes that come in, which is funny. Oh, my totally. co-host sometimes could care less, but I'm <laughs> yeah. like, she's like, who? He's you know who that is? Yeah, exactly. So I have two questions. But it's cool. So yep. one, did you win the water? Yeah, that was my question. With Justin Bieber. <laughs> did you win? I did, you know, but they said I cheated. You can actually find the video through YouTube, like Frankie V, Justin Bieber, water chugging contest because I, I threw it down. They said I had a little bit of water left in the water bottle when I threw it down. So ultimately, I feel I won. But if it was actually judged as a Olympic competition, I probably would have lost for disqualification. All right, maybe we're gonna have to post the video for the toners. Yeah, and then we're gonna do They'll a poll, be the judge and they can let us know who okay. they think won. I like it. Okay, and All second right. question: Did you tell Mariah yeah. Carey that you used her poster to practice your radio skills? That is so funny. I didn't, and I don't know how many people actually even know that story. Like you guys are probably this is an exclusive. Like the, it's an exclusive. So, you know, I, I don't think I did. And I don't think, I don't know if she'd think I was weird, but if I ever get to talk to her again, I'm going to make tag. sure to stay. Hey, we'll tag because her. of you, I learned. Yeah. 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 I learned how to talk into a microphone correctly. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure she'll see it. Oh my gosh. All right. Yeah, so anyone course. else on your list that you haven't met yet, like top person that if you could interview right now that you haven't yet, who is it? I'm thinking Eminem. it's an athlete. I think it would oh. be cool that I think Eminem would be cool just because of his longevity in the business. I mean, he's doing a Super Bowl this, this coming year and it's like, you hear his name and it's like, it doesn't matter if you are yeah. five years old, you've heard of him or, yeah. or your grandparents know who he is. So I think it would be cool to just sit down and have a conversation with him and just like, uh, not even like one that has to get aired, like one that could like, mics could be off, just like a homie to homie, like talk, like, tell me about you. Yeah. Um, I think he's one that I would love to just chop it up with and have that conversation. Um, I don't know the other one. I met Diddy before um, years ago, and I was a big fan of like the the Bad Boy movement back in like the yeah. early two thousands, and like Diggy, and you know, of course, him and the Tupac and the West Coast East Coast battle. Because I've lived on both coasts for so long, I didn't get to interview Diddy. I just got to talk to him real quick. You know, when he walked by and shook hands on like a backstage thing. I think I'd like to sit down with him and talk, since as someone that grew up in the East Coast, but you know, built my adult life on the West Coast. 
talk to me what it was like helping to build that that music scene, you know, East Coast, West Coast battle. So I guess Eminem and Diddy would be two people that I'd love to sit down with and just have like a real conversation, even if it wasn't on the radio or yeah. on a podcast, just to have a couple of beers and like, let's, let's talk about like, you know, life. If it happens, we want an invite. Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. So, so Frankie, what is, what is the, your favorite part about what you do? Like, is it the people you meet? Like, what is, if you had to pick out like one thing, what's, what's your favorite thing about your job? My favorite part, I, you know, it's, it, and it, it's so cliche, but I like when people tell me they listen and it made them happy. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I, I was, I got frustrated last year, as many people did during the pandemic, because, you know, life was different. And for me, I like for you to tell me that you hate going to your job, but your favorite part is being stuck in traffic to hear us. Yeah. And everybody was working from home. So people were different. They were listening on smart speakers, which is great. And on their phones, which is amazing. But you're not as active because you got your kids running behind you and your husband or significant other is yelling. And, you know, and it's just a different vibe when you're working from home. Um, and now that we're back to having traffic, I love running into people. And they're just like, you know, I hate my job. Traffic sucks going to work. But I look forward to just listening to you guys. And you guys make me laugh or... Uh, when my dad had passed away, I told the story on the air and I actually moved back to Boston for a year to work at Jammin' in Boston. And I came back and when I left San Diego, I explained the whole story and I was on the air like while my dad was in the hospital and I was telling it for real. And people would come up to me, you know, years later and just like, I lost my dad and remembering that you got through it, it helped me get through it. And it's like those moments of, again, going back to what we talked about, looking into a microphone, you have to tell yourself you're talking to one person, but there's so many thousands that are listening in and you forget that. So I think the constant reminder of people saying that I made their day better is a, it is my favorite part of the job. Yes, it's cool to get a paycheck for talking on the radio. And yes, yeah. it's cool to meet artists. And yes, it's cool to go to concerts. And yes, I do TV two days a week now. And it's cool to be on the TV and all this is all cool. But when it comes down to it, the fact that we have the opportunity to make somebody's day better, cliche kind of way, I think yeah. that's my favorite part of the job. It is a beautiful thing. Like I, I, I love that. And I, I feel like these people do really create real relationships with you, even though you don't know them, yep. like they feel like they know you. That's, that's amazing. And, and that's so cool. And the art of art of radio, right? And that's what I love about it because, you know, people will meet you and like, Oh, that's what you look like. Or that's not what I thought you looked like. Yeah. Or wow, you're a different person than I thought. It's funny. Cause you're right. You do build this like mental persona. image yeah. of persona, what they are. And even with social media, you know, a lot of people can see that and maybe recognize you from it. But when they meet you in person, they're like, oh, you're, you're different than I thought. Or, oh, wow, you're just like I thought. It's so funny to me that people <laughs> hear us and they're like trying to build in their mind yeah. what I am or who I am. So it, it's just like a, such a cool medium to me. And I know that in technology and the changes there are, I still think that um, that unknown about radio, the unknown about the host and the unknown about what they're really like and what it's like in a studio. Like that's all just so cool to me. The art of it is just so cool. Yeah, I guess I guess that was going to be kind of my next question is, you know, obviously we're in a day and age where there's so much out there. There's Spotify, there's Apple Music, there's all that. Yeah. Do you feel like radio, there is longevity in it? Like where where do you see radio going? For sure. And, you know, it's so funny because everybody says that, you know, when Spotify came out and when Sirius came out and all that years ago, like, oh, radio, trust your radio is done. Yeah. But then you step back and say, I heard that since day one. That was part of what I had mentioned. People said, you're never going to make it in radio and it's not going to ever happen. It's a dying thing. This was we're talking 20 years ago, right? I've been in the business for 20 years and each year I've grown in, in certain ways. So it's different, uh, albeit there's options, right? If I don't do a great job of presenting my show, you have other options to turn to. But if I do a great job at presenting my show, we get this connection. Like you can choose your playlist on your phone. You can, you go to the gym, you, you, yeah. you ladies work out and, and you're, you're, you got your music that you're listening to and you like the music, but at no point you leave, you'll say, I like that song, but you don't turn to your friend and say, can you believe what I heard? Or did you know this? Like those connections, you're not going to get from it. Right. So I think with radio, it's challenged us in different ways to be more 360, be on the streets, hosting stuff, be on social media, but also be on the air telling great stories and connecting. And you mentioned that people build these personas and connect with us. You don't get that from Spotify or a music playlist, which granted you might play songs that you prefer better than I'm playing on the radio, but that one-on-one connection will never happen just by the music. So I think, that has challenged radio and has challenged me to be better at what I do, but I don't think it's a dying thing at all. And I don't think that it's something that's going away anytime soon. I do think it's getting shifted and adjusted. And I do think as an on-air talent, I have to put myself through a different filter now because mm-hmm. I can't have a bad break or on the radio or I can't just you know be tired one day and not do my best because it gives everybody a chance to leave. But I also think that people are yearning for that connection even more so right now with the craziness of the world and what's happened in the past 18 months, that comfort of hearing my voice or other radio personalities' voices, it's like that normalcy. Man, I'm back in my car and I'm going back to work and I'm hearing yeah. my radio host that I love and life is coming back again. 
Like you're not going to get that by listening to right. your Spotify playlist. Like you can hear the song. Yeah. The difference between a so text I, and a phone call. Like phone very calls true, aren't right? going and, away. They're not going to go away. And as much as people say that, you know, nobody talks anymore. You still do. Like if you want to get that heart to heart with your mom or a friend, like you pick up the phone and you have that real talk. And I feel like that's what we are. We're the, the real talk and mm-hmm. the real connections. Yeah, you mentioned that you have to work definitely differently. And I, I we mm-hmm. see that you're active on Instagram. We obviously follow you. Um, how do you feel like your social media game is? Like, is it something that you've had to learn or it's something that um, you've kind of been doing all along? So it, it's kind of funny because I think if I wasn't doing what I do, I'd probably be on it a lot less. Because sometimes I'm like, do people really care what I'm doing? Like, you know, you get yes. that mentality because mm-hmm. I'm just a human. Just like you guys are doing a podcast, you're just humans. But when I do stuff, people do get intrigued. Like they want to see the bats like you saw that were on my wall. They want to see where I'm going to, or if I go to a concert or go backstage or do something like people are intrigued because a lot of times I get experiences that others might not. And yeah, what feels normal to you. Yeah. Right. And and to them. So I I think that it's taught me to put my life out there a little bit more on social media because of what I do. Um, I think if I didn't have a job that kind of required it, I don't think I'd be on it as much, but I definitely think I've had to learn and I can still get better and a lot better actually on certain things and you get better at TikTok and get better at focusing on a better storyline on my, on my Instagram stories and whatnot. So that's a constant challenge of becoming better. But I, I, I just look at it sometimes like, do people really care? Like that's, I'm just like a, a humble person. I'm like, man, they don't really care what I'm doing. And then somebody comments right away. Wow. That's cool. Or this, or I heard you say this and that's and comment on my photos. I'm like, dang it. I guess they do. So yeah. it does make me step back and realize how important it is to be great on social media because you hear me for four hours on the radio but in a 24-hour day when people become your friends through hearing yeah, me, that personality or that life. real human touch to it um speaking for of sure. your instagram story um we saw you were at the gym this morning so walk us through yeah. a day in the life like i think you do you have mostly early mornings as far as like recording and stuff so then where yeah. does the gym fit in what does a day look like so it's funny with the gym, I always say you got to find no matter what your schedule is and you guys can attest to it. It's like 30 to 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like you can find that time because people say, well, I'm married with kids or this and that. I'm like, I get that. But if you can find 30 or 45 minutes to sit on your couch, you can find that time. And I kind of yeah, use that mentality because I get up at 3.30. It's crazy early. I don't go to bed usually 30. Yes, every day. And I, I go to bed usually at 10 or 10.30. So I don't really sleep that much. It's not like I go to bed way early because I get up way early. So I'm tired during the day. So it's tough. So I get up at 3.30. I go into the studio. And I'm on a bunch of different cities nationally. So I got to record those shows, a few of them before I go live at six in the morning um, for my morning show in San Diego. And a lot of times my shows are on the East Coast or in the Midwest. So the time difference of when I get off the air to when they are, I have to kind of adjust. Uh, So I do the morning show. After that, I finish off my other shows. I usually get home about one o'clock. So I'm usually at the studio from like four until about one. Um, Some days I do TV, which kind of adjusts that a little bit. But I get home at one have lunch. Then at two o'clock, I normally meet up with a couple of my friends and we get our workouts in then. Um, I've learned to work out, go to a gym. Yeah. Usually um, one down the street or sometimes downstairs. If I'm being lazy, it'll be the downstairs gym because it's easy. But um, otherwise I meet up with friends and that, that's what I learned. I need to do is have either a trainer or like that buddy for sure. And to hold you accountable. So usually in the morning when I'm on the air, I'll say like, all right, I got a window from like two to three today. Um, Let's go to the gym. I'll shoot a group text with a few of the homies and my buddy Jimmy and I and some others go at two o'clock. It's almost like clockwork and I'm out by three. Uh, so I force myself in a way I say force because yeah. it's so easy to, oh, I'm home now and I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Let me just take a nap and not, um, but I get that workout in from two to three. And then I usually get home, you know, close three thirty four, and then relax. And that's when I kind of get me time before making dinner and then prepping for the next day and doing it again. But to answer your question in long form, I find that hour, 45 minutes or so to an hour in the two to three o'clock hour to just make it happen. Well, we got you for a podcast, so at one point we're going to need to lock you down for um, a workout. I'm in. Next time Coming you're in, in Boston. Sure. Absolutely. I love it. We I love it. We love that. Um, all right, Leah, we got, a, we got a game for him. We got it. We got a game for you. Um, but love it. So I guess since you're East Coast, West Coast, we're going to yeah. kind of ask you what you prefer now. Cause I know, yeah, you're on the West coast now. So I don't know if your taste mm-hmm. has changed, but we got to ask you if, if you, you know, which one you prefer. So, all right. Okay. Ready? Yep. Dunks or Starbucks? Oh, it's 100% dunks. Every time that I go home, it, it, it's Dunkin' Donuts. Like it's that smell of it and that taste <laughs> of it that just makes it feel like home. And I'll tell you when I first moved to San Diego, there was no Dunkin' Donuts out here. 
and now they have a handful of them. So it's still like my guilty little treat, you know, when I, when I, I feel homesick and whatnot, I'll drive over to one of the Dunkin' Donuts here and I'll, I'll sip on a nice iced coffee and I feel like I'm home. I love that. I know it's, it's funny. Like my, some of my friends who have moved away, they're like the second I touch down on the East coast, I'm going to Dunkin' Donuts. Um, they have it at Logan airport. It's like when you fly in and fly out, I always have to make sure to grab one. <laughs> That's awesome. All oh right. God. All right. What about in and out or Shake Shack? Man, that's a tough one. I I don't eat much of either of them, but if I'm going to grab one, I would say in and out just for the fact that it's way cooler to post on Instagram, I feel like, because that's like <laughs> such the cliche West Coast thing as much as Dunkin' yeah. Donuts is to the East Coast. If you post something that says I'm at in and out Burger, like, everybody's like, oh my gosh, that's my favorite. I love it. So based on social media side of things, both burgers are great. I would go with in and out Okay. Fair. Okay. Winter or summer? You a snowbird at heart? You know, it's funny. I, I am. I love the snow, but I, I think I love it because I miss it. You know, luckily in San Diego, there are other mountains not too far away, but I feel like when I lived in Boston, I hated it, right? You're just like, man, is it still winter time? Like it starts in end of October, early November. Then it's like April and it's still snow on the ground. And you lose your mind. But when I go home in December, I wanted the snow and I love the snow. And I'm like, man, I miss the snow. This is so great. So I think, um, it's, it, it's tough. <laughs> I, it's tough. I love the winter. Though. I'd say fall is my favorite season, but I love the winter. But I think that I did get sick of it when I lived back in Boston, for sure. Yeah, I'm like I don't see myself missing the winter. Yeah, no, I, I know. I know. We, yeah, it's my first year or last year. I guess was my first year in a while, like having a car in in, in Boston. In Boston. Frankie, I was like, remember the days scraping your? I was like, I don't even know how yes. to frost my window. Especially well, you know, when I did a morning snow in Boston for a year on Gemma ninety four five, I moved back for a year for that, and I remember distinctively having to scrape snow off my car. I get up at three 30 to go to work. Now I got to get up at three just so I can get out there for that extra 30 minutes to scrape it off. And it was like, that's when it kind of hit me. It's like, yeah, I was so fortunate. And we are uh, now that I'm back in the West coast, fortunate to just roll out of bed and jump into my car and just drive without ever worrying about it. It's always 75 here. Um, Okay. Country (laughs) concert or Coachella. Man, I would go with a small country concert versus a huge Coachella. Um, I like country music and the reason why I started liking country music is because I do so much top 40 and hip hop mm-hmm. that I kind of, I wouldn't say I get sick of it, but I need a, a change. And yeah. I started listening to country for that. Then I went to a Luke Bryan concert a handful of years back and I realized like country or don't like country. It's like going to a football game. You tailgate beforehand. Yep. It's a big party before, uh, during it. And then you leave <laughs> and it's so fun. Uh, I like Coachella as well. The festivals are great, but for me, sometimes it can become too much when it's just this huge, crazy yeah, festival right. and it's just one of a million lost. So if I go to a really good, country concert i think uh i'd probably choose that i feel like coachella though is definitely like on my bucket list yeah I've never been, but i, I do oh, yeah. want to go at some point coachella is a once in a lifetime you got to do it at least once and then move on a country concert you can go to every weekend and feel like you, yeah. you're doing something cool true that wait speaking of music i have a question for you what is your um favorite song right now like what is that song you have on repeat one song favorite song right now man tough to say my Favorite, I do like uh, Wizkid and Justin Bieber, Essence, the remix, mm. which we uh, are playing on the radio. That's yeah. a good song. Um, I'm a big fan of The Weeknd, everything that he's putting out. And then I'd say probably my favorite overall artist right now is Ed Sheeran. I just feel like he's so talented. Wow, yeah. I, I didn't see that for you. I did not see that. Curveball. Yeah, I like that. So, yeah, so I, it's tough to say my favorites, but those are probably you know, my top. top. And also Drake, I mean, his music that he puts out is everything's a hit. So that's my that's my playlist right there. I love it. I love it. What, do you have a Spotify? I'm like, we got to yeah, follow can you. Yeah, can we follow you? No, I actually, I don't even have one. You know, it's funny. And I, I'm so like <laughs> radio driven. I'm like, I don't want any of that. Yeah. I don't want the yeah. radio app. I don't want Spotify. Radio, nothing else. So I kind of do. Um, so no, I don't have a Spotify account. And that's my personal choice because I'm just so like in my radio. Like, yeah. You know what? I'm yeah. just going to play that. That's exactly. fair. All right. And then your biggest tip for anyone who is go who wants to get into radio, what would be your tip for, um, yeah tip for them for radio i say radio media tv any of that in general no matter what aspect you want to get into is just keep battling for it and it's funny because you always say the other cliche stuff like that people want to see your success but they never see the hustle it took to get there and people will see what i do and like man you probably you know i could do that job i could go and do a morning show like i can do this and like oh you could ready go and it's like oh man i don't know how to so to get to where i got to there was those movements of you know losing my job at a time and and traveling and moving and being told no and sending my tape out to hundred stations and not getting a reply. But I use that as motivation. So I would say the biggest thing I would have is if you want to do it, and if you want to make it in media or TV or movies or anything, music and any of that industry, you got to take a lot of no's and take it 
as motivation versus uh, a negative, you know, because I think you're going to get a lot of no's and you're going to have a lot of ups and downs and bumps and bruises. But you got to use those to motivate you to say, I'm going to make it happen. And that's kind of what I did. Like I said earlier was, you'll never make it. You can never do this. It's going to suck. You got to do this. And every time somebody would say that, I was more motivated to do it. Every time somebody didn't reply to a tape, I'd be more motivated to look back. I still remember when I got the job in San Diego, um, I was on Southwest. I think I flew in at the time. They had the napkins that you would get drinks on. It had like all their like different hubs that they would fly out of. And I looked at it. I'm like, that city didn't give me a job. That city didn't reply to my email. That one didn't do But now I'm going to San Diego. It's a better city. Exactly. So mm. is that motivation. So I think my, my biggest thing is always keep a smile on your face and don't take anything to heart. Just keep working hard and eventually it's going to happen. I love it. The perfect way to end. Yes. The perfect way. Frankie, thank you so, so much for taking time out of your day to come on our podcast. We appreciate it so much. We respect you. We admire the hustle. Um, and Boston, oh, team Boston, team Boston all the way. <laughs> um, where can people find you? Plug, give yeah. me a few seconds to plug, plug yourself. yourself. <laughs> my social media across all platforms is at Frankie Vizzle, F-R-A-N-K-I-E-V-I-Z-Z-L-E, at Frankie Vizzle. So jump on that on my Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and then all my other information is right there once you get on my social media. And when are you on Kiss 108? Uh, different weekends, usually Saturday or Sunday afternoons. It depends okay. on the month, but all right. pretty much if you listen on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon during the, during the month, you'll hear me for sure. Love oh that. God. We'll catch you on the gram. And I didn't realize you were on TikTok. We did some digging, but now I got, now I no. got to go stalk the TikTok. <laughs> My TikTok game is terrible. That's my next thing I have to work on. So yeah, if you guys have any advice, yeah. you can help me. Uh, I, we, our we TikTok wish we game, did. Yeah, we I wish, wish we did. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole. That's a whole we'll, other we'll podcast. <laughs> we'll, we'll practice together yeah. one day. With that, I love it. Well, and the way we always end, you can tone from home. You can tone from your phone. But all we ask is that you, you don't, don't tone, tone alone. alone. Thanks, guys.
in such a clear
in such a clear